You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer here with you as always. Make sure you're downloading and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you do, do get your podcasts. And of course, also tell a friend about us. Tell your Colts friends that we are here and we are here three times a week through the rest of the regular season, bare minimum. So speaking of the rest of the regular season, George, Colts have seven games left. They are 4-5-1 and one on the season. They are 10th in the AFC. It's one game against a bad Raiders team. Is there a thought, is there a hope that, hey, maybe they can make a run to the playoffs? There's one stat that we were kind of chewing on before that you think maybe will give some fans some hope, so let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, you want any kind of hope, look at last year's AFC champs. The Bengals, through 10 games last year, were 5-5. Five and five. And all that's separating the Colts from 5-5 five and five right now is, is a missed field goal in Houston in, in week one. So Hot rod, uh, thank it's you. It's been done recently. You know, it's been done just last year. Now, granted, the Bengals did not have a coaching change. They did not have a lot of these other insane things. Joe Burrow wasn't benched for any point of that season. And and I don't think as good as Alec Pierce has been, he's not threatening Jamar Chase, uh, his rookie season by any stretch of imagination. Uh, but, you know, I it, you look at the NFL in general, and I think Monday proved it again. I'm not sure how many really good teams there are this year. I mean, their teams are a little more consistent than others. Uh, but Buffalo lost this week. Philadelphia lost this week. It's not just the, it, are there no unbeaten teams left? Philadelphia is the only team with one loss. I mean, it, it looks like more than ever in this league, parity reigns supreme, and the team that makes the fewest mistakes uh, will win each Sunday. Now, the problem is the Colts have not proven to be that team very often this year. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. Even on Sunday, they lost the turnover battle, which it was just one to nothing. And that's probably why it was not as big a problem as it has been in, in, in weeks past, but they've got, they still have a lot to clean up. And we were kind of joking, even two Texans throughout the game, George, just kind of like, especially after a really good first half, there are some points in the third quarter and early fourth quarter. It's like, Oh, here the Colts go again. You know, like this is kind of like the, the even with Jeff Saturday and there's a new voice there. It's still kind of the same old Colts team now to their credit. They're able to overcome that, win the game at the end, and again, do go to four, five, and one. But you are right. It's not like the Colts have dramatically cleaned up their play. They've dramatically shifted, you know, their identity. And, and you know, all of a sudden, all the early season woes have just disappeared. This is, I think, more than anything else, a product of playing a really bad team 
at the right time and, you know, moving on and just doing enough to win. Um, now, with that said, though, again, I'm not buying into the playoffs whatsoever. Again, I think this is – I think Sunday's just more of a product of playing a really bad team and, and kind of getting right team, right time sort of thing. But if you are a believer, I will say outside – you know, your stat just highlighted that the, the Bengals were an average team at this point in the season last year. And you look around, you're 100% right. Like the AFC, the NFL, no one's – few teams have really separated themselves so far this season. When you look at right now – the Patriots are right now the seventh and final team in the playoff picture. We saw them two weeks ago, George. Now, look, the Colts were terrible, right? Like, let's just not pretend here, you know, the Colts should have won that game. They had no business even being close. But that said, though, Patriots did not do a lot well that had you, like, saying, oh, wow, this is definitely a playoff team. Like, that offense was almost as bad as the Colts. You know, if it wasn't for, if, if Matt Ryan plays that, if you had Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan, and Parks Frazier there a week earlier, I would argue maybe they win that game. Or I'll tell you what, it's definitely not. It's definitely not 26 to 3, that's for sure play that, that game a lot more competitive than what they did with Frank Reich and Sam Ellinger. But you have the Patriots right now at five and four in the seventh spot. The Bengals right now with all, or excuse me, the Chargers are ahead of them. The Chargers right now are five and four, but they're super banged up. They're also kind of like the Colts, very inconsistent. Their defense is terrible, even though they have a defensive-minded head coach in Brandon Staley. And the Bengals are the only other team in front of the Colts right now. And again, that's a team that I think will turn around and kind of have another second-half burst like they did last year. But again, if you are looking for a sign of hope, I'm not buying in. But if you are a fan out there thinking this is realistic, I, I can't sit here and tell you you're crazy. I can't sit here and, and tell you, you know, you're delusional. Because right now the teams that are ahead of the Colts, outside of the Bengals, I think are beatable. And you have, at least coming up uh, shortly here, the Chargers in a few weeks coming to town in about a month or so. So you you do have, you know, you are able to take care of your business in, in one aspect. So the path is definitely for how bad this Colts team has been. And sitting here at 10 games at four, five, and one, the path to the playoffs is not as crazy, not as difficult as maybe even some year uh, years past where the Colts got off to a slow start. But you know, at this point in the season, we're better record wise than, than where they are right now. Yeah, it's it's not as steep a climb as it should be, or you would expect it to be for all the struggles that they've had. Uh, but again, they've got to get out of their own way. And and our producer Aaron points out, I miss both Minnesota only has one loss too. I keep forgetting about the Vikings. I keep overlooking them. Uh, you know, I guess in a couple of weeks, uh, they're going to be right there on the field with the Colts and, and they'll, you know, they'll probably get my attention a little bit more. I, I don't know why I keep disrespecting the Minnesota Vikings, but, but I have all year yeah, long. Don't, don't disrespect two one Kirk Buggins. Exactly. I, I don't know, you know, where, where this Viking hate comes from for me, but, you know, correct that there are two one loss teams. Uh, but you now you, you look at the AFC in particular, cause that's what really is important to the Colts. And it feels like those standings change pretty significantly week to week uh, because there's there's at least one upset. There's at least, you know, one team that, that, that does a little bit better than we thought, one team that does a little bit worse than we thought every week. So, but I think the, the biggest thing for the Colts is internal. You know, I don't think that's really going to shock anybody out there. It's not really so much what anybody else is doing. If you look at their last seven games, and we talked about this a little bit on the post game too, the, most of those games are winnable. I mean, at least five of them are are coin toss kind of games. If you play your game and and, and you don't beat yourself, you're going to be in there. And then, as we've seen, Matt Ryan give you a chance to win at the end. But you can't keep doing the things that they've done consistently this year, and that's turn the ball over, uh, have penalties in, in moments that that kill you. You know, the missed field goal on Sunday isn't – we haven't seen a lot of that, but it's, it's still part of that same mm-hmm. – kind of family of problems that, that have haunted this team. 
leaving points on the field one way or another, whether that be through penalties, through turnovers, through missed field goals, whatever it may be, mental errors. That, to me, is what's got to clean up. If they're going to make a playoff push, that's what they've got to do. And honestly, Sunday, to me, goes a long way towards convincing me. Right now, I'm 100% with you. I think this is a one-week bounce. Uh, you know, great story for, for that week. Fun to watch Josh McDaniels struggle and and lose this game. Uh, he's now 0-2 against the Colts since, since backing out of that job, uh, having lost last year as the offense coordinator of the Patriots. But... Oh, I wanted to. He won back in 2018 uh, when the Colts only had 43 guys dressed, which might be a record for fewest That's right. players dressed for a game. But, um, you know, I, I just don't – moving forward to me, it's about can you consistently get out of your own way. And so it's not even, not even necessarily that they have to win on Sunday. They have to look the way they did against the Raiders in terms of playing a more clean game, moving the ball consistently for all four quarters, those kind of things, they're simplistic things uh, that you would just kind of take for granted for any playoff team. They're things the Colts have not been able to do with any regularity this season. Let's say you're right, George. Let's say Sunday was not just a product of playing a bad team, but you know what? There's actual a, a real change here, and offensively, especially with the offensive line, the run game, the pass game, let's say more times than not the rest of the year, Sunday is more how this Colts offense looks. This is their schedule, and assume, again, let's just go into the impression that this offense and this team will play like they did on Sunday against the Raiders. Obviously, the Eagles coming to town on Sunday. Monday night uh, against the Steelers at home the week after that. You're at the Cowboys, at the Vikings, Chargers, at Giants, Texans. If the Colts, again, play the way they did on Sunday against the Raiders, honestly, right now, maybe the Vikings... I would say it's still, I think, a game they'll lose for sure. Otherwise, George, I mean, look, the, the we just saw the Eagles on Monday mortal, and they also had, you know, some injuries as well. We we're going to have Dallas Goddard out for this game on Sunday, which is a big loss for their offense. But and that, that run defense in Philly kind of looks susceptible for sure. So you got to think, okay, there's a chance there. The Steelers are, are a very bad football team. The Cowboys just gave life to what was a lifeless offense in Green Bay. I know they have Aaron Rodgers, but that offense was terrible. They allowed 31 points to be scored. Again, the Vikings have been impressive so far, and they had a nice win against the Bills. But like the Chargers are up and down, and again, that's that's a team that you know they lost to the Falcons earlier this year and kind of got dominated in that game. Like the Falcons, uh, excuse me, the Chargers are banged up, and again, that Chargers defense is really bad, really, really, really bad, especially in terms of trying to stop the run. Which again, if you get the run game going, that should be an area where they have success. The Giants. Great record so far. Great story. Also, if you if you want to kind of do a little college football, look at their resume. Who have they beaten? The resume is not very good whatsoever. Like I would argue, maybe their best win is against uh, the the Ravens for sure in a sloppy game. But otherwise, like they have really not played a lot of teams. They beat a lot of bad teams so far. And then you finish with the Texans, which with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. They are arguably the worst team in football, and by that point, they probably won't even be incentivized to win because at that point, they probably have the number one seed either locked up or close to it, so they'll kind of be mailing it at the end of the year. Like, if, if, Again, it's a huge if, right? Because the Raiders are so bad, it's tough to tell. If, though, this Colts offense especially plays the rest of the season like they did on Sunday, 
you're right. Like, there's no again. Maybe the Vikings team's the only one where I truly feel like oh, they don't have a shot. But you have a chance to either you know toss up game or more likely to win almost every other game on the schedule. Yeah, and that that's why it's such a weird year in the NFL in general. Because I think most teams could probably look at their schedule right now and feel pretty similarly. I mean, you've got that really bottom rung right now with with the Texans and maybe the Panthers. Uh, you know, other than that, we see it every week. The Saints are kind of backsliding right now, but I'm sure they're sitting there thinking, if you can figure out this quarterback spot, there are a lot of winnable games left on our schedule. I think every team in the league feels that right way right now. Uh, and the question for the Colts is, you know, can you sustain what you did from a effort and energy standpoint on Sunday? Was that just a shock kind of a situation? Was this just a matter of your head coach got fired? Everybody took a look in the mirror. You came out and you beat a bad football team, or is this real change? And and that to me, that's what I'm looking for on Sunday. More than the, the win or loss is how they compete. You know, if they lose this game, but it's because it was just a back and forth football game, and the Eagles make one more play than they do. I think you can walk away still feeling pretty good about this team, but you know the margin of error obviously is very small because of the way the first ten weeks is gone, uh, and, and we'll see where they go moving forward. But they're still alive. Now, having said that, I don't. If they finished eleven five and one, or they finished four twelve oh. and one, I'm not sure either of those would be a bigger surprise to me than the other. That's how crazy the year is. I would still say 11, five and one would definitely be a bigger surprise, but you are, you know, you're not wrong where you look at the schedule. Like if they lose every game the rest of the way, it still would be a surprise. Cause like I said, how spirited, how competent, how organized they looked in game one under Jeff Sauter, considering everything that, you know, should have led to them being discombobulated, you know, worn out. And frankly, just if they were lethargic, it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense with everything they went through emotionally this week and everything that was going on. And so their credit almost kind of, in a weird way, almost raised the bar in a sense of just when you play so well, it's like, well, okay, if you were able to play this well with everything going on this week, well, and uh, what is going to be the first normal week here uh, in, in what, a month for this team? It's like, oh, well, you know, what, what can you do now? It's it's funny, but also to the same time, George, it's like we're talking about, you know, potential playoff push in here. They're not average, you're 100% right, they're not dead whatsoever. But we're also now talking about a Colts team, we're asking a Colts team to, on Sunday, do something they didn't, they've never done before so far this season. That's probably two good games in a row. You know, to their credit on Sunday, last Sunday against the Raiders, they did something they didn't do at any point this year, and that's play a full game, right? They, they, they started out fast on offense. They played well throughout the entire game on offense. Defense, for the most part, they played pretty well as well. It's had a little lull in the second and third quarter there. But they played by far their most complete game of the season, offensively, defensively, special teams-wise as well on Sunday. Something we haven't seen. But now it's like, okay, can you replicate that again? So we're there's still, you know, there's still so far for this team to go in terms of, winning some of these winnable games on the schedule just because this entire season has basically been, oh, well, you know, this the schedule breaks th this way, and this team then they're playing, it's not, you know, an hor a horrible matchup for them. But still, they've been unable up to this point to play consistent football, play two good games, let alone two good halves up until Sunday. So it's still a long way to go for this team. But again, they, they did something that they haven't done so far this season under Jeff Saturday. That's play a full, complete game for the most part. Now it's can you put two good games in a row? That's the next kind of step here if they are trying to make a playoff push that's the next step you got or the next bridge i guess i should say you, you got across and you can argue as as steep as the mountain was to climb last week because of all the adversity of their own making with the coaching change and, and all the other things that happened last week and the reaction to it around the league 
it could be even harder this week, not just because the Eagles are a better football team, but there's tape now on Parks Frazier. There's tape now on Jeff Saturday that didn't exist last week. And you're facing a team with Jonathan Gannon and uh, Nick Sirianni, who knows this personnel pretty well. You know, those guys, granted, they weren't here with Matt Ryan, Alec Pierce, a couple other guys, Stephon Gilmore, but they, most of those guys in this locker room, they know. You know, and Nick Sirianni in particular knows what makes this offensive line uncomfortable. He knows what they don't do well. Uh, and you can imagine he's going to be sharing that with Jonathan Gannon, who should have a pretty good idea himself from practicing against them uh, all week long. So I think that you've got you've got another really stiff chest. Take away the Eagles' talent. There's a lot of off-the-field things that that kind of favor Philadelphia in this game as well. You're 100% right. And two, it's like you think – that should equal out because, oh, well, he was here, so also that means the Colts know Nick Sirianni's tendencies as well. But, look, when you fire Frank Reich, who is his, you know, his closest ally, I know there's still some carryover, but Gus Bradley, first year here, so it's like him and, and Nick Sirianni had a crossover of sorts. Obviously, Jeff Saturday was not in the building whatsoever when Nick Sirianni was on the staff. So, you're 100% right. Like, the Eagles have the advantage because even though there's some familiarity with Nick Sirianni and what, you know, his, his preference and stuff like that, a lot of the guys who with intimate knowledge aren't there anymore for the Colts or the, you know, the guys that are in charge of making decisions that Jeff Saturday um, and Gus Bradley, especially, you know, they weren't here. They weren't with Nick Sirianni. No. So you are hundred percent right. Like Nick Sirianni, what will has the advantage personnel wise, clearly. Uh, and also scheme wise as well, when it comes to kind of know what this Colts team is like. So Sunday is going to be a huge test to kind of see the direction of this team. Is there a reason to believe, or is it again, just kind of last week, just a one hit wonder and more of the same mold for this team where it's, one good game, one bad game, one step forward, two steps back. It's going to be very fascinating to see for sure. All right, when well, we do return here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod to wrap up. This time last week, Jim Mersey was getting raked across the coals nationally for hiring Jeff Saturday, rightfully so. With that said, though, with Jeff Saturday now going 1-0, is Jim Mersey vindicated? We'll discuss that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns.